Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. Could the next revolution in climate technology come from the state of Connecticut? We talk exclusively to the founders of Green Wave Power Systems about their patented technology that could do just that. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Our use of power over the past few decades has increased with the availability of things like cell phones, laptops and other personal electronic devices. But also we are seeing climate play a major role in our power demands, with hotter temperatures requiring more air conditioning and sometimes colder winters demanding more heating to keep us safe and warm. But all of this puts demands on our current power systems, which in many cases are old and use fossil fuels, even though we are trying to move towards more renewable energy. So has a small company in eastern Connecticut come up with a way to make not just older systems more efficient at producing power, but also new, more renewable ones as well? It seems like a tall order, but this is no science fiction story. It's science fact. And I recently caught up with Brenda McConnell and Mark Clymer, co-founders of Green Wave Power Systems, to find out more. To you both, welcome to Connecticut East this week. Thank you. Thank you. Brenda, I'm going to turn to you first. We're talking about climate tech. What is that? Climate tech is primarily hardware and software. That's all trying to address a universal demand for advanced ways on how to meet our power consumption needs. And we see that's evident in disaster and emergency situations, in catastrophic climate events. We're seeing it in political and economic changes. And uh, we really need an immediate adoption of new technologies. And some of those things are like wind, solar, electric motors, hydrogen, etc., these are the things that we refer to more readily as like cleaner or clean technologies or greener technologies. Would that yeah. be fair? Yeah, you're hearing a lot of a lot of acronyms for things. It's green, it's clean, it's, it changes. It depends on how much it's been marketed and how used to the terms people are and they come up with new terms. So Mark, how does Green Wave Power Systems, your company and Brenda's, how does it support these climate tech initiatives? Well, our patented technologies are focused on creating a more efficient output energy from existing energy systems. It can be renewable or it can be carbon-based combustion engines. In essence, we're helping to make that transition from renewable or clean energy from combustion engines to clean energy. One example I can mention is wind turbines. Everybody's seen these wind turbines up in the hills and all around. And the problem with these wind turbines is that they're not efficient at low wind speeds. And that's pretty much what we have in Connecticut and certain areas in the Northeast, except for the coast. So by adding our technologies, our magnetic-based components, we can enable those previously untapped low wind speeds and get usable energies out of that type of thing. 
So that's uh, where uh, our technology would be very useful. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about you know how you make this possible because what you and Brenda have created, continue to create, is, I don't want it to sound rude when I say this, it seems simple that nobody else thought of this, but clearly they didn't because you guys have just rocketed off with this. Talk to us about what the magic source is that you guys are bringing. Well, I have about 30 years, 30 plus years in the practical applications of magnetism, the magnetics. So over the years, I've seen um, a lot of things from sensors to uh, mechanical devices that we've applied magnetics to. And where ours is different is that we're centered on the subtleties of magnetics and how the power contained within these magnetic configurations can be used to create movement or amplify output from traditional systems. What most people don't realize is that magnetics is at, at an atomic level is very dynamic. It's not just a lump that sits there like you see a magnet. So what we're doing is we're taking that bucket of energy that's in these magnets and tapping into that. In other words, if you can imagine a bucket and then sticking a pin in it, that energy has to go somewhere. And what we're doing is directing that energy to do work. Brenda, let's get back to you. A little bit more science and stuff from you, if we can. You know, what other applications can green wave power systems, climate technology be useful? Because I'm guessing it must be pretty limitless. Yes, that's a good word. Limitless. It's really a matter of what can you imagine and how we would apply the technology. And so really, we're using... You know, our cutting-edge discoveries in a modular, scalable, and compatible components so that the GreenWave solutions can address many of today's known issues in manufacturing, renewable energy, and carbon-based solutions. And our products can be retrofit into existing systems and give them a 30 to 50% efficiency gain. So that's a huge number. That is incredible as well, because it's not a lot of technologies that you can retrofit into things, is it, either? Right. Because we're really, we're talking about rotating machinery, you know, in in a good part, so we can go right in line in that existing system. So other areas where rotating machinery comes into play is, you know, wind and solar and hydro solutions, and we can fit into military, aerospace, agriculture, consumer goods, you know, and as you said, limitless. So all of those areas have potential for us. Yeah, it really is a technology that when you think about it, like I said, without being rude, it's, it seems so simple. And to a certain degree, I suppose it is in the simplicity itself, but it's amazing what it, it can actually do. And it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Sometimes it's the simplest things that actually are the most beneficial, the most you know, right. efficient. Talk to us a little bit about you know, some of the concentrations of, of this core patented climate technology. Because you know, you've got various things. Yeah. And I know you're going to tell us in real layman's <laughs> terms because we don't want to get too sciencey here. But you know, just give us a little bit of a sense of, of some of this core patented climate technology. Yeah, and, we, and we're very excited about the work we're doing naturally. And our crown jewel technology is really incredibly important work because that technology is really showing potential where no or very limited external energy, a source energy is required. And that potential there is enormous. And it makes things like portable power generation, you know, possible on a different scale. And so as we continue to explore that technology and its uses, it's very exciting what we're seeing for potential. That's also something that's immediately could be integrated for amplification. 
for other renewable sources to increase the current output. It's particularly well suited with solar. So what that says is if you add our component into a solar-based system, the potential exists that you could get more efficient energy out with possibly less solar panels. So there's, there's potential there. And that's part of the work that we're doing now is to really look at what applications, where, what's the low-hanging fruit, what's going to take a longer runway for research and development. But it's huge potential. So just before you carry on, I just want to say, so, you know, just for simplicity's sake, what we're basically saying is less is more. It's like you're putting less in and getting more out of it is what your technology is capable of doing. Yes, that is a fair statement. Which, when it comes to energy, is incredible. And of course, it's, isn't, that, isn't that like the Holy Grail? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's and it has its fair share of people that say, no, that's not possible. You know, it's that defies physics. But as we learned in I think it was the December time frame, there are advancements being made where we are showing that you can get more energy out than what you put in. And that's really a very fundamental level science level. That's really something that I'll let Mark speak to because he can better articulate the science behind that. Everybody's heard of fusion or they're actually smashing together giant lasers and and generating immense heat. And they have actually succeeded in getting more energy out than they put in, except for the fact that the lasers themselves require enormous amounts of energy. But at a fundamental level, yes, they crack that barrier. What we have beginning to see with this particular technology that Brenda has been talking about is that it's actually at a quantum level. So we're talking about quantum mechanical physics here. As I said earlier, magnetism at a quantum level has a lot of weird aspects that people don't totally understand yet, but uh, they have seen situations where electrons will move from one state to another, actually generating more energy than is required to move them. And there's a lot of uh, kinetics and a lot of spin going on at, at a quantum level. So at any rate, there are possibilities in the quantum physics that you can indeed generate more energy out than it's putting in. And what we're seeing in this particular patent, and which has been patented by the government, is that there is that potential. There's more research to be done. But, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty darn exciting. Yeah, so that's the crown jewel. And along with the crown jewel technology, we have two others. One is for force amplification, which means if there's rotation, so uh, angular motion, or linear, which is straight line movement, that both of those could use less input energy to begin that motion if our component is added in line with the system. And the third one is about torque management, and that's for machinery, where there's misalignment, vibration, wear and tear on machinery. If you can add our system into that, we can reduce all of those issues that uh, manufacturing faces today. Let's just quickly go back to to force amplification because it would be good just to give people a couple of examples if you possibly could because I understand, you know, the words. But, like, when you say angular rotation or linear, so, like, straight line, so we're talking, like, what, the simple motors maybe in in things? Can you maybe just give us a couple of examples? Because I know people are going to be listening and going, like, this sounds incredible. (laughs) But what does it mean to me? Well, basically, if it spins, anything that spins, we can enable that spin to happen using less power. Power, less fuel. Something like a wind turbine, which we talked about earlier. It would take less wind input to get all the machinery and turbines and the generators moving. 
So that's again, that goes back to, oh, we can actually um, harvest that energy at low wind speeds that you could not do before. And then what about torque management? Because that sounds very technical. Torque is twist. You know, something twists, and you, you know, when your wheel and your car moves, uh, there's a certain amount of your, um, how many foot-pounds of torque required to get everything into motion. If you integrate our technology into that system, it's going to take um, less energy to generate that same amount of torque required to get your car into motion. So would I get better gas mileage? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, I need that because... Yeah. Gas mileage or uh, less drain on your battery uh, if you have an electric vehicle. That's an, This is an example of our technology playing in the, the old as well as in the new. I was going to say, because obviously electric vehicles or EVs, is, of course, is the, the new popular term for them. So your technology could effectively make an electric vehicle even more efficient. Is that exactly, what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that we can play whether in, in the old uh, you know combustion machinery, we can make those efficient, use less energy. So it makes that transition to the new a little less painful. Let's talk a little bit about, obviously, industry examples, because we're talking, in a way, I suppose we are still talking about industry examples there, but we were trying to get on the consumer level, because like I said, you know, the listeners out there are going to be like, oh, that's great. How does that benefit me? But let's talk about, you know, industry, because industry, big users of energy, they're always looking for ways to obviously maximize and get more potential and unlock energy. So talk to us a little bit about that, if you would, about where you see some of the the cases, you know, industry will benefit from this. Again, it goes back to, you know, industry manufacturing to have rotating machinery. Again, that requires uh, electricity to run. So anywhere you can make your machinery more efficient, obviously, that's significant savings. If you look at more uh, other industries, like, say, uh, agriculture, there's a trend now going towards uh, indoor agriculture, you know, uh, high-value vegetables and things that um, they'll get a high-rise building now and they'll actually put in these indoor farms. They require a lot of LED lights. They have special lighting, and that, that is energy-intensive. So, again, if you can put solar panels or wind turbines and, and incorporate that into that building, you're going to save a lot, a lot of energy. Your uh, product is going to be able to be sold cheaper so there's a lot of i mean just goes on and on and on Uh, those are two examples where current solutions in solar and current solutions in wind turbines may not be viable for that particular application in that particular location but if you add our technology in line with those other technologies they now may be viable and that's what's really exciting is that we're making that kind of difference So if you only have sunlight in a way that says maybe four hours a day you could actually generate electricity, if our product gets added in line and now you have an equivalent of eight hours of sunlight, is that a reasonable solution for you? And it may be. So it's in that space for the location and the existing source energies. How can our solution better amplify all of that? And in regards to renewable energy... Like that industry would have increased efficiencies. Anybody who adopts the technology would have a competitive advantage because their widget produces more than the next person's widget. Enables increased adoption, as I was just saying, in places where it's not currently viable. And it also helps with the regulatory compliance where we're being told, okay, we have to move to, you know, this new solution in this period of time. Okay, well, we may be able to help with that. 
And in particularly for transportation, when electric vehicles, this technology in there could reduce the battery size and the weight. It may even extend the range, increase your range extension, which would reduce your range anxiety. You know what that is all about if you are an electric <laughs> vehicle driver. And even in carbon-based, you know, it could reduce your fuel consumption and expand your gas mileage, and it could expedite the transfer to electric vehicles. So things like large commercial construction equipment, for them to move to electric vehicles anytime soon is a big lift. So can we help transition them off of fossil-based by giving them better miles per gallon while the electric vehicle side comes up and is more easily adoptable? If it's a hybrid situation, the same rules apply because mm-hmm. you've, you've got the, bit, the best of maybe hopefully both worlds. But by adding in your technology again, that would hopefully improve both parts of that. Right. right. Brenda, tell us a little bit about from a global perspective, because, you know, we're talking everybody needs energy all over the world. Exactly. So this clearly has global <laughs> ramifications. <laughs> This is huge. So so talk to us about that, because clearly this is in your mind uh, about what you're doing and and where you're going with this. I mean, you don't pattern things for no good reason. Right. So talk to us about global aspect of this. And I'm happy to talk about that. I could talk about that for a very long time, so I'll try to keep it condensed. But really, as we just said, this technology is applicable in both conventional and electric solutions. It makes energy generation more widely available, especially in underdeveloped areas of the world. We're talking about getting away from having to have infrastructure to get your energy delivered to you. Being able to have you know emergency power solutions that go across the globe and it's immediately producing electricity. And as we watch the catastrophic weather events around the world, with this up-and-coming technology, there will be no need for somebody to go three years without electricity because it takes that long to get infrastructure back in play. So it has that kind of effect. It's definitely going to enable faster transitions to non-carbon-based. It just will. That's our belief. And all of our technology is affordable. It's adaptable. It could be retrofit. I'm really looking forward to having portable and kind of on-demand like electric solutions taking away and reducing some of the demand on power grids, risks and exposure that we have with power grids. So it's clean energy solution. It's planet friendly. And for me, like I'm very passionate about children having access to electricity. In today's world, that for me is a basic human need. And I guess also when you were talking about, you know, electricity, power stations and things, I'm guessing this technology and and Mark, I think you both of you, I think mentioned about like generators. Could this help sort of like create more of these microgrids that we hear about? Uh, And I'm guessing if the answer is yes to that, they would be smaller and more efficient as well. Because I mean, microgrids are fairly good. But I mean, again, I'm guessing even those can become more efficient, could they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Look at your home. You know, a lot of people have home generators. Most of them are um, based on fuel and with the way the um, climate is changing now and all these disasters are having some of them um, last quite a while and you won't be able to get fuel for your generators at some point so by adapting our technology and being able to use solar and wind or, or what have you we can have uh, home-sized generators that are renewable which makes sense and microgrids uh, Brenda talked about in the underdeveloped world that's where energy is going. It's like uh, going from no phone to cell phones. So all these remote areas will have their own you know, village microgrids, and our technology would allow them to have a, an affordable, uh, robust, simple uh, solution for energy. And our goal is really to work with 
with anyone who's open for efficiency gains in their product line because we don't need to try to replace you know what's out there in the market our goal is really just to make it more efficient i was going to say so you're not looking to make you know a more efficient you know lawnmower or something like that. you're not there to make a product you're there to basically say hey our technology we know can work with what you've already got and if you're interested we can actually make that a more efficient product for you so you're, you're not out to sort of like start you know making all this stuff yourself it's the core no. technology right that, that drives all of the other stuff. Right. Any time you can save money and get more out and it's affordable, then it's worth looking at. Tell us about what you're working on now, if you're able to, because I know a lot of this has had to be kept secret for a long time for very good reasons, <laughs> yeah. because obviously it's intellectual property and it's had to be patented, etc. But what can you tell us? Tell us some secrets, Brenda. Yeah, I can tell you the secret. The secret is we're working on application development and we're doing some, we always do our own prototypes, so we're doing prototyping. But beyond that, I can't tell you what that is just yet. Um, because as you mentioned, yeah, we've we have been in stealth mode for a long time. That's the smart play. And now we're coming out of that research mode. We've done all the research. We've done the patenting work. And now we're getting to move into the fun space, which is, okay, how can we apply this technology and what can it do? So we've got a couple of things on the bench that we're super excited about. And it will make a difference for the end consumer We also want to partner with somebody in academia, some laboratories, to help do the advanced research to really document the science and the technical findings because we do know that things here that people haven't seen before and would really like the opportunity to explore further. So we know that that's that's something that we want to do. And we also want to be involved in what what the government climate initiatives are because, again, we think we can help and we think that... It could be an advantage, a better way to spend money on how do we get where we want to go. Is there a way for people to get in touch with you guys? I mean, as you said, you're now at a point where clearly, as you just said, you're starting to look at that. I mean, is there a way that they can get in, they can reach out to you and maybe start that process of talking with you? Yeah, the best way is really to send me an email. Contact me through email. My email address is brenda at greenwavepowersystems.com. And um, I'd be happy to to respond to any questions that may come from this. Well, it's been incredible talking to the pair of you as we sit here in the laboratory, I believe it is called, isn't it? And there's, I'm just going to quickly say to the listeners, there's, there's lots of things around here. I don't know what half of them are, but I'm sure some of it is this super duper technology. It all looks um, very sort of like... It looks sciencey in here, so um, it'll be interesting to see as and when some of this stuff actually starts to come out, even though I suppose theoretically it's going to be hidden, really, isn't it, if your technology is inside something. so. Um, but uh, we will follow you. I mean, this is absolutely fascinating stuff. It truly is, and to think it's happening here in little old Connecticut. So uh, we thank you both for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Brian. We appreciated the discussion. And if you're a potential investor or maybe you manufacture in the state and wish to partner with Greenwave Power Systems, then contact Brenda directly via her email at brenda at greenwavepowersystems.com.
You love cookies, so you are going to love the ARC's Golden Chip giveaway. Find the Golden Chip and select the bags of the ARC Eastern Connecticut's Classic Crunch Chocolate Chip Cookies and win a free platter of cookies. Visit the ARCECT.com to find a cookie retailer near you and how eating our cookies support jobs for people with disabilities. Visit our cookie factory at 22 Route 171 in Woodstock, Connecticut. Golden Chips may be hiding in bags there too. Get buying, start winning. It's mulch season, so come and visit Green Valley Tree LLC. We have a variety of colors for all your landscaping needs. Buy as much or as little as you want, pick it up, or we can deliver to your door. Call Green Valley Tree LLC for all your mulch, plant health care, and tree service needs at 860-234-4041. We are family-owned and fully licensed. Dreaming of a brighter future? Want to take classes but can't find the time? East Con's adult programs offer free classes and training programs that work with even the busiest schedule. Classes are flexible and designed to support you when you are available, even if your schedule changes every week. If you want to earn your high school diploma, improve your English, prepare for American citizenship, or explore career training options, East Con is here for you. We offer free in-person and online classes. Go to eastcon.org and click on Adult and Community Programs. Get started today. Time now for a look at other stories making the headlines this week, sponsored by... When you face cancer, you deserve to be treated by leading experts in a caring and personalized manner. At Eastern Connecticut Hematology and Oncology, or ECHO, we pride ourselves on getting to know each patient and going the extra mile to deliver outstanding care. Whether you're visiting our doctors, getting an infusion, doing lab work, or spending time with our support team. We treat you like family. See what our patients say at echoassociates.org family. In the day this week, former utility cooperative CEO Drew Rankin was sentenced to 12 months in prison and three years of probation recently, the first of three former utility officials to be sentenced after they were convicted in December 2021 of theft in connection with lavish trips to the Kentucky Derby and a West Virginia golf resort in 2015. Judge Jeffrey A. Mayer also sentenced Rankin to three years of probation for his leadership role in organizing the trips hosted by the Connecticut Municipal Electric Energy Cooperative. Coast Guard Sector Long Island Sound, based in New Haven, has kicked off their responsible boating campaign as people start heading to the water as the weather gets warmer. Captain Eva Van Camp is the commander of Sector Long Island Sound and said in the past few years they've seen a dramatic increase in boating fatalities. Far too often, my team and I must deliver the tragic news of boating fatalities to family and friends of those lost at sea or found deceased. Regrettably, last year, there was an overall 30% increase in recreational boating fatalities across the Northeast from 2021 to 2022. Van Camp said 90% of those fatalities were due to people not wearing life jackets and said taking simple and sensible precautions ahead of time can make all the difference to people's safety on the water. Before heading out, always check the weather for the areas you will be operating in. When in doubt, and if you run into trouble at sea, contact the Coast Guard on Channel 16. As we experience nice spring days, remember the water temperature is still cold and it doesn't take long for hypothermia to set in. So dress for the water, not the weather. Most importantly, wear a life jacket. 90% of all boaters who drown were not wearing a life jacket. 
The Coast Guard Auxiliary Service provides free vessel safety checks and can also provide other information and resources for all boaters. For details about how to stay safe while afloat, visit the Coast Guard website at uscgboating.org forward slash recreational boaters. The digitising of the history of the town of Willimantic in Wyndham has entered its second phase thanks to the continued efforts of history students at Eastern Connecticut State University. The Digital Wyndham Project was started in 2020 with articles and exhibits written by Eastern students chronicling people and events in the town from the 1600s to today. Dr Jamel Otswold is head of Eastern's history unit and director of the project and says this new phase is looking at just a single year in the town's history. And In particular, 1910 I think was really useful because it had a lot of sources that are available to us. In particular, what it had, the census, right? Every 10 years they have the census. And so that means that we have information for each individual who lived in the town of Willimannock all 10,800 of them, and probably a few dozen different you know, pieces of demographic information. So we have all of that on an individual level. And that's something that we wouldn't have for 1911, 1912. The Digital Wyndham Project is free and available to the general public, and details of the students' findings can be found at easternct-digitalhistory.com. And of course, it's graduation time for many students across the state and the nation, and 890 Eastern Connecticut State University students received their degrees during the university's annual graduation ceremony. The graduating class of 2023 is a diverse group hailing from nearly all of Connecticut's 169 towns, 18 other states or territories, and 31 foreign countries. Almost 30% of the graduates are the first in their families to earn a bachelor's degree, and approximately 33% are students of colour. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at Connecticut-East.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East This Week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms, on demand, and by asking your smart speaker to play Connecticut East This Week podcast. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Thank you for listening.